成功的秀。Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm back with a new episode and bonus a guest. <laughs> It's been like a really long time, and this is somebody I've been trying to coordinate with for a while.、Um, Esther Pavitsky, hi. Hi.、Um, I think the last time I saw you was at the Laugh Factory. We were both doing a show with Kevin Nealon. Oh yeah, that was a fun night. And.、Um, We talked about you having had shingles, and we're like, "Oh yeah, come on and talk. <laughs> Please come talk about this on my podcast." It's been months, and、um, yeah, I was all ready to show up here and talk about shingles, <clears throat> and then <laughs> something happened yesterday. Yesterday, I broke my toe, <laughs> <laughs> and it is it hurts a lot, and it seems like. When someone would, if I would hear someone say they broke their pinky toe, I'd be like, "Fuck you, you're fine." Was it your pinky toe? Yeah. <laughs> and when I, like, literally, my life has been turned upside down. I'm supposed to be in bed for the next six weeks. I have to cancel the six, six weeks. Yeah. For I know. your toe? Isn't that wild? Well, well, can't you use crutches or? I guess I could use crutches, but my doctor said, my doctor said, like, I can walk around a little bit, but I have to. Be basically resting as much as possible. Oh shit! I could have come to you to do this. Oh、podcast. no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Wait. So how did you break your pinky toe? Oh my god! It's. I... How did you break the the little piggy that goes wee 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 all the way home? <laughs> I was laying in bed two nights ago, and I was texting with my friend Nick, and he was like, "Did you hear about this Chris Watts story?" And I was like, "What? Tell me everything." And he's like, "It's this guy. It's it's like a huge national story. He went on TV. Lot. He was like, my wife and girls are missing. I hope they're safe. But everyone was like, he's acting weird. And then, of course, like two months later, he killed them. He killed them. Yeah, yeah. In this crazy, brutal way. Anyways, my friend Nick is like, the 2020 is on demand. Go watch. I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck. I'm like so excited. So I'm like, okay, I need my glasses. So I get out of bed and then I run into my room, like my office. And I to grab my glasses, and I just slam my foot into a foam roller, <laughs> and it makes the loud it makes the loudest noise. I'm like, ow, fuck! I so you my hit、toe. the end of it, not、yeah. the side, obviously.、Yeah. And this is a nicer foam roller. Like I spent the extra twenty dollars that my Pilates teacher suggested, and got like a really firm one. It's like the knobby one, a little bit of that. One. It's it's like it's just nice, and so. I I was like fuck that hurts so bad that hurts so bad I got in bed I'm like texting my boyfriend who's downstairs I'm like I think I broke my toe ow 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 he's like you didn't break your toe and I text my friend everyone's like no you didn't and I'm like you're you're right I probably didn't I'm a hypochondriac I think the you worst. stubbed your toe、yeah. everyone's like you just stubbed your toe yeah but then like. I could not sleep the whole night. My toe was killing. My foot was killing me. I woke up like, I woke up the next morning, and was like, it hurts the exact same amount that it hurt when I stubbed it. Yeah, that's, that's no good. Bad. I, th- I assumed I would wake up and be pain free, and then <laughs> my boyfriend looked at it, 
and I hadn't even seen it yet. He's like, I think maybe you did break it. It was bright blue, swollen, Ew. so gross. And then finally, thank God, I, I I already, of course, have an orthopedic doctor from sure. all my neck problems this year. Oh, no. And so I went and saw him, and he was like, he just walked in. He did, we did an x-ray, and he's like, you broke your toe. He, it's broken all the way through. Ugh. He's Yeah. Which, but for me, was kind of almost a win, because I'm like, Told finally. You so. Yes. Yeah. Finally. Of for all the times that I was faking it or faking it <laughs> or you go to the doctor and they're like you have gas go home <laughs> oh the MRI that I had where I swear I had something and they're like you have gas yeah. I literally had an MRI to be told I had gas when I was in college I was up one night and um, like with the worst like debilitating stomach cramps and my girlfriend's like, you're fine. And and I was like, this is something different. I've never had this. I go, I think we need to go to the hospital. And it was really bad. And so we went to the emergency room, sat in, and this was like in the middle of the night. So it's like one or two in the morning. We're in the waiting area for like an hour and a half. They finally get us in. Fucking emergency room. And they give me like a Vicodin or something. And they're like, all right, a doctor will be in in a little while. And while we're sitting there. You shit your pants. I farted really <laughs> hard. Like so long that I could feel my stomach go down. No way. That's like the dream. And felt, I was like, oh, it was gas. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go before I have to see before a doctor walks in and I have to pay for that too. So you got out free? No, no, I had to pay for the Vicodin, which oh, it's like here's eight hundred dollars yeah. for a pill. But um, the craziest thing that I've learned as an adult is that the emergency room and nine one one are like fake. As a kid, you think I call nine one one and all the police show up and they come and they see me and they carry me out. No, did you know that if you call nine one one, the police can't even come inside your house if some like if somebody is in there and has you, the police can't come and they have to call SWAT team. How long does that fucking take? The police won't even go inside your home. Is that save, true? Yes, my cousin he were he's on the San Diego SWAT team. He's hot, by the way. And <laughs> <laughs> he's so hot. And we had we really connected. Is he my, single? He's not. Uh, but we had a really strong connection at my grandfather's funeral. Um, weird. And so <laughs> he told me that. That's the one thing. And the other thing is the emergency room. In my head, you show up to the emergency oh, room. Oh, no. They open their doors. The doctors rush out. And they carry you in on the on the bed. No. Mm-hmm. You sit for two hours. At least. It's horrible. They look, they don't give a fuck about you. They look at you like you're trash. <laughs> well, you know what I found the key is for the emergency room? Uh, last time I went in, I was having really bad heart palpitations. It turned out I was just dehydrated. Oh, my God. But I go into the emergency room, and it was like a Sunday afternoon, and so it was packed. Ugh. Like, I walked in, and it was just like people puking, yelling, bleeding. And I was just like, oh, f-. and there was a line to like check in. There's like five people standing in a fucking line. Who wants to stand in a line in a hospital? And so I'm standing there and a nurse comes out with a clipboard and she's like, all right. She asks the first person, what are you here for? They're like, oh, I I think I broke my leg or whatever. And the next person, oh, I I have like a blinding headache. And they get to me, the last person, she's like, what are you here for? I'm like, my heart is like, my heart is beating irregularly. And she's like, follow me. (gasps) Oh my Took God. me right in. VIP. So you got to say heart. <laughs> <laughs> say heart or something. It's like at the airport, say bomb, and the hospital, say heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone will pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so 
Did you see the x-ray? I saw the x-ray, yeah. I The thing that was so sexy about it to me was that it, <laughs> the, 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 the key word is that it was broken all the way through. So this isn't just like a little crack, literally like all the- The bone the, is severed all the way through. It's like hanging on, it's it's not hanging, That's but it's severed almost to the other side. So it's a very deep break. I, and you know what? I will, I'm going to fucking- toot my own horn i do think i have a very high pain tolerance but let me explain because my boyfriend's like you're the biggest baby if i know that what i'm experiencing isn't going to kill me and i know what it is i can handle the pain me too but if it's like oh my god my head hurts in this weird place and i think i'm not going to wake up tomorrow i'm like oh my god like that is when i'm freaking out yes it's the unknown yesterday no two days ago i was supposed to do yoga i was still a little sick i had a cold last week i do you go somewhere or i have someone come to my house that's amazing and um she's done the podcast actually but we were supposed to do it sunday but i was still getting over my cold so i i call her and i go can we do monday instead she's like sure and so oh no no this was monday and i go can we do tuesday so yesterday she's like sure so she so Monday, while I'm texting her about, can you come in tomorrow? I go, I'm also kind of worried because my jaw is numb. I go, maybe I'm having a stroke, kind of <laughs> jokingly. And she's like, took it really seriously. And she's like, when did this start? How long has it been going on? And I was like, you're not helping me right now. <laughs> and it was just like a week. I've never had it before. It was just the muscle along my jaw was like fucking numb. Not tingling, but just like a weird, like, I can't feel my jaw. <sighs> It turned out, I think it was because I slept weird on my neck. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm the same way. I have a hugely high pain tolerance. Like, I've passed almost all my kidney stones just on my own. Just Wow. Just drinking water and smoking pot. That is impressive. That is, like, a very strong memory from my childhood is seeing my dad just, like, doubled over in pain from his kidney stone. Yeah. That has, like, it just seems like it's brutal. It is really painful, but I... Honestly, it was like, this hurts, but it's not the worst thing I've had. Like, <laughs> vertigo for me is where is the... I've had vertigo too. But it's the it was, worst. Is it, it's not pain. No, but it's, it's just like... like debility, yeah. At least with a kidney stone, I could still get up and walk across the room and get some water or go to the bathroom. Yeah. With vertigo, a really bad bout of vertigo where it looks like the room is spinning, oh. you, you are... Unable to do anything. I've had it once and it was, I took a flight to Seattle and when I landed, I got, I was like feeling a little wonky, got up to walk around. And as I was walking around, I was like, Seattle is weird. Like it feels like. Uneven. Yeah. Uneven. And like, am I walking on a hill or what? I was just like, this is so weird. And then I got back to my hotel and was like, something, something is wrong. And I, and I. There was a moment where, like, I couldn't, like, you just, you can't stand. I mean, you know, it's like, am I falling? Am I standing? It's super, I've only had that once, though. You have to lay down and find a position where it stops, and then that's your position for the next day or whatever. Did did you ever try that Epley maneuver? Mm -hmm. Did it help you? No. How did you get it to go away? For me, I've had vertigo my whole adult life. Oh, wow. It started when I was, like, 17, um... And for me, I always have like I'm dizzy right now. Um, I have various degrees. Like usually, I'm. It's very functional. I, I just feel like I got off a roller coaster. But 
maybe once a year I get it where the room looks like it's spinning and I'm in bed all day. And Ugh. the only thing I've found that works is I'll take a Benadryl or two and chug a bunch of water and then just sleep it off. And usually mm. I once I wake up, it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I only had it that one time and I don't know if it was – I mean, I fly a lot, but why this one trip to Seattle? I don't know. Dehydration plays a big key in it for me. Oh, okay. If uh, like the last time I when I had the heart palpitations too, I went into uh, when I went into the emergency room that time. They did all these tests, and the doctor came in and he's like, "Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you drank water?" <laughs> and I had to think about it. I was uh. like, "Fuck! I think two days ago." I go, I drink. What? Well, I it wasn't. I wasn't drink. I was drinking like a lot of coffee or. Yeah. Stuff that he's like, you got to drink water, dude. It is crazy that it like everything goes back to that skin health. Oh, yeah. Like the way you feel if you're sick, it always goes back to drinking water. Yet. Why is it so hard? It's like it it really is a job. I honestly don't like water. I don't hate water, but I (laughs) I like taking very small sips. Yeah. And that's bad. I can't chug water. Yeah. Um. By the way, can I tell you something that the hair person on Superstore told me? Be, because uh, you have a podcast glowing up. Yes. Which is very uh, specific to beauty, like, beauty health, and stuff. Yeah. So I was in hair and makeup at Superstore. This was like a month ago. And I was I was talking to the hair, this woman, Maria, who's the head hair person there. And I go, can I ask you something? I go, I will get dandruff like – Quite often, even when I'm washing my hair regularly, even if I use dandruff shampoo, I go, is there anything that helps with dandruff? She goes, the best thing I've ever found is uh, apple cider vinegar. She goes, wash your hair with regular shampoo, whatever you do. Take some apple cider vinegar, put it in your hand, then rub that into your scalp. Apple cider vinegar, then rinse that out and then use conditioner or whatever. She's like, that will clear your dandruff up. Interesting. I definitely get my my fair share of dandruff. I do too, and it's I've always had. I have shitty skin because I'm a ginger too. But <laughs> but she's like apple cider. I still haven't tried it because I feel weird just having a bottle of apple cider vinegar in my shower, and I honestly hate the fucking smell of it. It is. I I don't like the smell either. But it does. It feels like it is this other wondered drug. Like a lot of my friends really have been is. taking it. Like a, they're like, I take a shot every day. It's helped with this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, I have to really get down for it. But they do make that brand makes. Um, I think it's like Bragg's. Bragg's they make yeah. the. They make like flavored drinks. Yes. And those yeah, yeah. there's like a lime one that's really good, and I think it has like no sugar. Um. Yeah, I will get if I don't wash my hair for a few days and I'm traveling and there's like this cocktail of dryness, I will get the dandruff where it's snow. My hair is literally snowing. And if I try to get it out, it just like anytime I touch my hair, it just snows more. Like, and it's never ending. It's disgusting. Apple cider vinegar, Esther. Good to know. I should have known. (laughs) Something I really didn't notice until I started having like more facial hair more regularly, but. Beard dandruff is a thing. Okay. That's surprising. It, Beard dandruff. <laughs> I guess because the soap and shit doesn't get to your skin as easily because of the hair. Mm. But like, Land, do you get beard dandruff? Yep. See? <laughs> you? Yeah. Confident nod, yes. <laughs> and I'm always like, no, I was eating crackers. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make fun of me. 
Okay, so your toe's broken. What are you doing for that now? Is there a little wrap on it? Or he something? just told me to wrap it with tape. And then he like didn't even give me the tape. He's like, okay, go buy this. I'm like, you can't just Lame. give me that fucking tape. <laughs> anyway, You're a doctor. I, <laughs> tape my fucking foot up, dude. I know. So basically, I can't decide if this is a great time for this to be happening or a bad time. Obviously, there's no good time to break your fucking toe. No. But... I have no work. Like, it's about to be the holiday break. However, it is, I'm two days away from the first time I've ever planned a huge trip. I'm supposed to go to Japan. It, today's Wednesday. Yeah. I'm supposed to fly to Japan on Friday. Oh my God, I'm jealous, eh? <laughs> but now everyone is messaging me on Instagram and they're like, do not go. Japan is so much walking. You're going to be so miserable, blah, blah, blah. And so now I don't know. And my boyfriend and I, have been, he's like, well, you know, maybe there's a version of the trip where we just like go out to eat and that's it. I don't know. I my, say go. Really? <laughs> yeah. My, but uh, this is as a person who my number one travel destination right now is Japan. I want to go to Japan so badly. I mean, I want to go too. But my whole thing with Japan was... Here, the whole reason because I don't drink and I'm I'm I just either. I don't even like museums. Like I am just my brain. <laughs> I don't drink or like museums. <laughs> my brain is mush. Like I really don't. I don't like taking things in like that. So my whole thing was obviously I want to go shopping and buy like drugstore makeup in Japan and all that. But the biggest thing I want to get so as I say cupped up on matcha and coffee and just fucking walk and literally yeah. be in like a boot camp where I'm walking my ass off 20,000 steps a day, oh, come well, back this is skinny. Maybe not a good idea. Yeah, though. so the whole the whole reason for the trip is kind of fucked, but I'm still deciding, I don't know. <sighs> Part of me wants to just go back to Chicago sooner than later, and it's easier to lay around at your parents' house. Is this house. something you've been planning for a while? Yeah. Or was it a spur of the moment? No, we. I mean, the trip has been planned for a few months, but we don't have, like, a special itinerary. It's just, let's go to- Just Japan. Tokyo? And then Kyoto. Oh, God, I'm so fucking jealous. I know. I can't. It's, this is, it's, I don't know. So I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm still deciding. We'll see. I don't know what to do. It is a lot of walking. I really don't know. Um, but yeah, and then my, one of my girlfriends, Gabby, who is, uh, she's on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Gabrielle uh. Ruiz, she called me today and she's like, do not walk. You're going to fuck it up. She's like, I had this happen to me. I, it, I didn't let it heal properly and I have problems later in life because of it. And right. that's my worst fear that this fucking stupid toe break is going to like stay with Give me. you a limp when you're 45. Yeah. Or, I, I tore my rotator cuff in in my 20s, and it was something I never got fixed. Um, I never did surgery. I did a little bit of physical therapy, but I was like, eh, yeah, I'm young. It'll, it'll yeah. heal. And I never did anything. And for most of my 20s, it was fine, and even most of my 30s. But now, in my 40s, it's been like, if I sleep... If I do that thing where I sleep on my stomach with my arms mm -hmm. up under my head, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fucking move my arm. It hurts so bad. And I was like, why didn't I just take care of this shit when I was 20 and healed faster? It's So maybe don't go to... I know. And it, it feels... Your toe of all fucking things. I know. it's It looks... It appears so useless. And yet it is causing so much pain and problem. Is there like a special like 
hard plastic boot you can use for it? Or? I have. They gave me this stupid shoe, and it doesn't fucking do anything. It's a waste of twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hobble around in a weird. You want a high tech like robot Japanese shoe yeah. or something. <laughs> There's been wheelchair talk, but I don't know. No, no. no. You want to. Maybe put it up. God, that, I hate saying that because I want to go so bad. But how long was your trip for? Just a week. Just this quick seven day. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Oh, my God. It's really a bummer. I will say this, though. I mean, it's still, it's cold in Japan right now as well. Um if you put it off, maybe spring when the cherry blossoms are blossoming and Japan is crazy, insanely beautiful. Right. It's a little more warm. It's just so hard in our business, I think, to plan a trip. Yeah. And that's why this was Holidays this, is the perfect time to do anything. Yeah. And it was a... Ugh, well, anyways. Um, should we talk about shingles? Yeah. We got to <laughs> talk about shingles. The one thing I walked away with when I saw you at the Laugh Factory was... I remember briefly asking you about it and saying, uh, if you could go back pre-shingles and get the vaccination, would you? And you said no. Interesting. Do you still feel like no? Or would you have gotten the vaccine? Well, no one. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I've been seeing it more and more at like outside of like Walgreens or something. It says we have shingles vaccines. Yeah, it seems like it's a newer thing in the last five years. I think if I as at that time, a 26 year old was like, can I have the shingles vaccine? Everyone would have said you're a psycho. No, there's no way. Because the people that shingles affects are people in their 50s. And I, over. I, I think like almost 60s oh, and wow. 70s and over. People with HIV. And then the third is people who are very stressed out. Yep. And I have lived my life the last decade as a stress addict. <laughs> I actually have learned that I like stress. I enjoy it. You function I better get, on stress. Yes, it like gets me high. It's like some cocktail of, I don't know, whatever it's brain It's the fire can... under your ass that gets you to do shit. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm I addicted it. to it. I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so I think this was, it was January of 2015. And I remember... Like the end of the year, it was. I remember that December right before I was really excited about the new year. I was like, the new year's coming. I, had, I think I had also just started experimenting with coffee and I was like, getting really <laughs> <laughs> experimenting. I know, I'm such a baby. So I was like, <laughs> okay, Janu- it's going to be January around the corner, the new year. I'm going to fucking put my pedal to the metal. Like, I'm going to get shit done. It's going to be a big year for me. All this, sh- all this like hype that I had going on. And then it was January 2nd and I was, my stomach started to hurt. It was like, ooh, there's some weird pain. And then I woke up the next morning on January 3rd and I believe it was a Monday. It was, it was like the first work day, work day of the new year. And I woke up, I had this terrible pain below my stomach. And then I- Internal or like uh, an external pain? Internal, like- something again it was a mystery i never felt it before didn't know what it was so it really spooked me and then i started to i saw like two little red dots on my stomach and i was like i can't do this and i I was so i'm so scared (laughs) and my boyfriend it was his first day at a new job because it was the fucking first work day of 2015 and he's like okay 
I will drop you off at the emergency room on your way on my way to work. And I actually think that the day before I went to the emergency room and it it was I like I didn't it was just a bad scene and I was like I'm not fucking with this. I've done that. Really? I've done that. I've walked into an emergency while passing a kidney stone, (gasps) really bad pain, walked in, saw a full lobby and was like I'm going to just deal with this shit. Right. Because it's, it's a headache once you walk in there and see the line and the the bitchy employees like, sorry, but they're just everyone's in a bad mood. Um, so I was like, let's give this another trial. Try Cedars. So he drops me off. It's like seven in the morning on a Monday. So it's not crazy. And it was kind of a pleasant experience. I go in. They they're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. They do a bunch of tests. I get a bunch of scans. I, I would say I was in, got into the room by like 8 a.m. And they're like, okay, you have a ruptured ovarian cyst. What? Yeah. They're like, that's what we think based on these. We're going to do this scan. That's what we think. Blah, blah. They do the scan. Like, okay, we're pretty sure that's what it is. Just based on what you've told them, they think that's what it is. That was, I yes. I think that they like thought that and then they did a... Thing where they shove yeah shove it up you and look around and like that's that's what like that's what things are looking like I'm like okay Ugh. seems easy enough by the way very com a very common thing totally and this was a long day of the emergency room I was there from seven a.m. to like eight o'clock at night oh, just waiting for all the tests and then they're like okay we also think that you might have BV which is like I think bacterial vaginosis which is I think that's an STD and I'm like. After I, I was like, I don't think I have that, but that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. And then after all the tests, it's like eight o'clock. My boyfriend finally got off work. He came. We're getting ready to leave. And I go, I like look over, I turn over and I'm like, you know what? That the rash, this, that thing, those dots on my stomach have spread. And I call, it was Dr. Bronstein who was literally, I have a, damsel in distress complex uh-huh. so when i'm around the personality of a fucking er doctor it is just sparks are flying like my boyfriend <laughs> is just sitting there rolling his eyes like i know what's happening <laughs> and fucking dr bronson walks in i'm like before i go can you just look at this i actually like i don't know what's going on he just looks at me and he's like oh you have shingles and i'm like what oh my god he's like yeah you have shingles let me write you a prescription blah blah so it was, i was there the whole day 12 hours and this guy just eyeballed it and was yeah. like yeah shingles yeah and i'm and now i'm like did i even have a ruptured cyst like was that all for a show was that just and by the way somebody has to pay for all that uh you know all the tests that you fucking had. Oh, yeah. It was an expensive yeah. ass day. I mean, I had insurance, but it was still a very expensive day trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, you have shingles. Here's the medicine. And so I was like, okay. It was just this shock at the end of all of this. It's like, oh, by the way, this is the whole reason you're here. And so basically, I think that I had an easier bout of shingles because I caught it the day that I got it. But I go home and... These little like rashes and it's so gross. And it over the like course of the next three weeks, I basically was in bed most of the time, watched a lot of Family Guy on Netflix and just kind of saw my shingles grow. And I would photograph my rash every day. It was so it just is like boils and it's just and it the thing with shingles is it only wraps on one side of your body. So if you ever think you're having shingles, you'll know 
if it's if you draw a line down the center, literally stops at the line. Yes, it can only be on one side, and I had it at a pretty fair, decent place because it was in my stomach, my abdomen, right. from the front to the or wrapped around the side to the back. And I, uh, I know Allie Siegel. I think she had it somewhere. But I think she had it like lower near her vagina, which is that can be dangerous it's really it's really dangerous if you have it on your face near your eye it can be really bad so i had it at a f- relatively fair spot the thing was the the bad worst part of it is the nerve pain like right. you're i remember just laying in bed i cannot get comfortable i'm like sh- it's almost like restless leg syndrome where you're just like thrashing your body in bed around because your nerves are so shot and just it feels like they're being attacked that you cannot get comfortable you cannot rest i also heard just just even like your shirt touching your skin is a fucking nightmare i don't remember that I don't remember that aspect of it, which is, I mean, it's been a while, but the, th- the thing that stands out to me the most is just the nerve pain that you can't rest with. And I had, I think I actually did a stand-up set on the Late Late Show the next, like the two days later, because I had it booked and was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll just, Fuck. this is a good opportunity. And that was fine. Like, I could function. Right, right. Like, now with a broken toe, I'm like, fuck, I would take shingles in a second because I could walk around and live my life. But it was just the nerve pain that was really bad and then the disgusting, rashy boils that you have. But ultimately, it wasn't the worst experience in the world. Like, it was, it didn't last that long. It's just, like, scary. It's and by a, pain, like nerve pain, it, you don't mean like a sharp. It's more like an aching, like a dull, like always there. Dull throughout the body, I would say, like from the bottom of my leg all the way up. <sighs> but if, but they, you know, also like I had medication and if I took enough of the pain pills, I could kind of finally relax and fall asleep. But it was, it was gross. And I honestly do blame myself. It was from getting so hyped up and stressed out. I think it did. I try to use it to change my lifestyle a little bit. It's really obviously hard to do. Sure. But I think if anyone is scared of shingles, the best thing you can do is just kind of try to become a more relaxed. Meditate. I mean, I hate that word. I love meditating. Do you do it? I do it and I love it. How do you, how, how? You would love it, Esther. Why? You would fucking love it. What? what Twenty do do? minutes twice a day of the best fucking most relaxing peace possible. What do you do to meditate? I just sit in a quiet place and I have a an internal mantra that I do. And is it TM that you're doing? It's Vedic meditation, which TM came from Vedic meditation. Hmm. Um, my meditation teacher has been on this podcast. Oh, wow. I should listen to that. He said that since he's been on this podcast, like he's gotten like 40, like around 40 people have reached out to him and are meditating now because of it. Wow. But it really is. I used to have horrible road rage, not like getting in fights and stuff, but I would sit at a light and if someone like tried to get in front of me, I'd be like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you do that, you fucking idiot? What the <laughs> fuck? You mother... Like, just like always angry in my car, which is really weird because I'm generally not an angry person. When I started meditating, it fully went away. I'm just like, yeah, we're all in this together. You're going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Wow. Um, I started when my dad, uh, after my dad had died and I was super depressed and everyone was like, you should try meditating. And it fully worked. It helps you get over that. And as far as stress, man, uh, 
I even do it, you know, I try to do it twice a day, and there are times when I'm like, like if I go to the dentist and I have to have a tooth drilled or something, I will just lay there for a few minutes before they come in just to center myself. Or if I get on an airplane for like the first, you know, few minutes, I just sit there with my eyes closed and meditate. And there's, I've tried so many different like apps and stuff. <laughs> And that yeah. shit drives it drives me crazy. It makes my head spin. I don't like it. But I will say there's one breathing technique that I learned from a yoga teacher this year yeah. that has I can honestly say this has helped me fall asleep. It's not a miracle pill by any stretch, but it has really helped me, especially when because you said getting on planes, which I can get anxiety on flights. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's for someone. If you're like the anti meditation person, this is kind of working for me, which is me. And it's just. Breathe in and out through your nose, and with each inhale and exhale, you just count. So I, it's like uh-huh. one, two. Yeah. And you do it till 10, and then you start over. And there's something about how I'm active enough mm-hmm. that it, like, takes me. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't give me room for my brain to. It, what that is is just a, something for you to focus on other than whatever's making you insane. I had a therapist when I first started going to therapy that was, you know, because I had, suffered from massive panic attacks um, in my early 30s and at one point didn't leave my my house for like three months because I was I became agoraphobic because I was afraid of having a panic attack out in public so I would just not go out in public and then um, I went and started seeing a shrink and she taught me all these things it really helped wow antidepressants really helped <laughs> but yeah the the focusing on your breathing and counting really was helpful a lot. Another thing that I learned this year just made me think of it because you said you didn't leave your house. And, like, I've struggled with that, too, where I had a friend that was killed by a drunk driver, like, uh-huh. eight years ago. And after that happened, I was really scared. I was really depressed. And yeah. I, I, like, would cancel plans a lot because I just had all this anxiety and all this fear. And... This is something I learned this year, which is kind of related to that, but maybe it's like a little one step removed is a lot of times it's like I'll get into a mood where I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't actually I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that job or, you know, go see that person. I have this plan lingering and it's like, you know, I don't want to do it. And I've learned to tell myself that is the mood you're in right now. Just ignore it. Let's let's revisit this later when you're in a better mood, when you just yeah, have yeah. a sip of coffee or when you, you know, you you yeah. just watched your favorite thing. Like, just ignore the grouchy, moody version of yourself because that person shouldn't make my decisions yeah. for me. Uh, that mood will pass. And that has helped me keep a lot of That's plans huge. and keep sanity this year. That's huge. And I've all often, often would overextend myself with like stand-up shows and that is oh i'll do that sure i'll do your show and then the next week when it it's it's like a day away i'm like fuck i just want to lay on the fucking couch why did i say yes to this fucking show uh and then i'm dreading a show the next night yeah and then i'm like i gotta walk it's freezing outside now i gotta walk to my fucking car and then always when I get to the show, I'm fucking fine. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I did this. This was fucking fun. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yes, and productive. There's a book called The Power of Now by mm-hmm. uh, Eckhart Tolle. I remember that Oprah uh, episode. Yeah, huge book. And I uh, 
I read it very uh, – I was very skeptical. I'm not into all the self-help stuff, uh, the new age hippie kind of stuff. Me either. But, um, I'm not a crystals girl either. Yeah, and – but I list, I actually listened to the book on tape of it because I found the guy's voice, which is – he was like Scandinavian or something. So it's very interesting. <laughs> it was just a, a kind of a very calming voice to listen to. But a lot of what he said was very common sense. Like he, he said that whole thing about, you know, people are always worried about something that's coming up in the future or they're regretting something in the past and they're not – Focusing on, we're just sitting here right now. This is totally fine. Um, and maybe, you know, two hours ago, you're like, fuck, I don't want to drive to Burbank. I have a broken toe. <laughs> but like he said, you know, most of the time, the things that you are dreading, even if it's something like, I got to give someone bad news or, oh, I have to quit my job. I don't want to fucking walk in and quit. It's very uncomfortable. And you make it up to be so huge, this thing that's happening in advance that you're suffering right now like stomach aches and you're, yeah. you're stressing yourself out. And then you go do it and you walk out, you're going, that was fine. Yeah, of course. I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, so that book, which I highly recommend to any listener, which is, it, the whole message is just be present and, and you know. I have a, I do have, I ha- will admit, like I have a hard time with that concept of like being in the moment. Like it is. There's something easier about, said than done. Yeah, but I love hearing that, and it it is just so real, and it's I really relate to like the whole thing you said about the stand up shows and how you dread it, and then you do it and you love it, and like it, it just I've learned there are moments where I am looking forward to my stand up show. I just have to yeah like lean in as a and if you're away term, from it but, too long, you're like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I had to tell you I. Uh, the, a couple years ago, it was probably like 2016 or 15. I was like, I go, I'm very picky about what shows I do and where I and I turn down a lot of shit. And you know, it's not New York, so I'm not performing every fucking night, but I should be performing more. And so, going into the new year, it was like 2015 or 16. I was like, I'm gonna say yes. Anytime someone's like, hey, I I do this show at a at a fish taco stand or what do you want to come do my show? I'm like, just do it. Just you're gonna get better doing this, even though you may dread mm. it. So I was like, I started saying yes to all these people like early on in January. I'm like, fuck, I got a lot of shows coming up. And then two weeks into the year, I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> I have all this commitment now, and I was so fucking annoyed with it. <laughs> It is, yeah, there is, like, those two schools of thought. One is, like, say yes to everything. And then there's, now it's all about no. It's, like, say no. And then there's this thing in Whitney Cummings' book, which I don't know where this is from, but she highlights it where it's, like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And she's, like, it's cheesy, but it is very accurate when you think about it. Like, if someone asks you if you want to go do something or if you want to take this gig... And you're like, uh, if it doesn't immediately make you go, yeah. fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just you know, it's a good little test. Uh, yeah, and I also there's a thing. <laughs> I don't know when this started, but a lot of show stand up or comedy shows have started adding like gimmicks where it's mm. like, hey, come to our show. Uh, it's different. It's stand up, but then at the end, every comedian makes a smoothie. Has to make a, a smoothie or a sandwich <laughs> or tell an embarrassing story afterward. And you're just like, can I just 
do a, jokes and <laughs> and I, I find myself turning down a lot of those because I'm like I just want to do stand up comedy I don't want to have to like then sing a song even <laughs> though I had a whole show about that but like, <laughs> I don't want to have to do a, a, a bit I just want to do jokes yeah it's hard enough to motivate to work on just your stand up for yourself it's like I, I totally get it the other thing about stand up too is it doesn't it's such a lifestyle that fights against the lifestyle that we all thought we were working towards, which is, well, at least for me, it's like, you think, and not that anyone is, you know, not that we're dreaming of the nine to five, but like, there's something about go getting like rested and situated at home and then oh, having to go out at night. A late night, it, yeah bites everything that I want. It's like, I just want to sit on the couch with my boyfriend or like eat popcorn. I don't want to go. (laughs) I don't want to go out at night. To do 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Pay for parking. Like, do I need to move to New York? Is it just going to be so much easier there? It would be easier there, but it's also New York. seems like everyone in New York is so energized and excited. I can't. I lived in New York very briefly, and it was too cold, or it was too hot. <laughs> very aggressive. Um, I love. I love Los Angeles. Yeah. I. You know, it's weird. Is I have not performed. St- you, the last time I performed stand up, I think, was when I saw you at the Laugh Factory. Wow. And that was what three or four months ago. That's easily. crazy. Um, something happened like a year and a half ago. I was supposed to open for Sarah Silverman when she was do- taping her stand-up special at Largo. And I've opened for her on all her stand-up specials. All of them. She's done three. <laughs> but she always has me open for it. And uh, so she was doing her special at Largo. She's like, you want to come open for me? It's two nights. It's Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It's like the night before the first show. So Friday night, I get a call from someone on at Netflix or the production company and they're like you don't have to come in we're not uh Sarah's not gonna have an opener what I was like that's weird but uh okay and then Sunday I was going in because I was shooting something with her for the opening and so I got there and I was like how was last night and everyone was like it was a disaster uh there was no opener so she went out cold and the audience was bad and uh and I was like, well, why Why was this decided? And someone goes, well, someone said that you stopped doing stand-up. And I go, oh. what the fuck are you talking Who said this? And I'm like, I don't remember who it was, but we were getting ready and someone's like, oh, you know, Steve doesn't do stand-up anymore. Okay, maybe let's ask him about that. <laughs> exactly. How about, hey, are you still doing stand-up? Okay, come in tomorrow night then. <laughs> And if not, also, why not hire somebody else? But they go, Steve's not doing stand-up anymore. That was the last time I performed at Largo, was before that. So I haven't performed at Largo in a year and a half. Largo was like my, I was always doing shows there, all the time. I don't know, they had that many shows happening. I I guess I'm just not paying attention. They do a lot of stand-up shows there, and, you know, I was like... I don't know what happened or if something was put in someone's head there at Largo, but they have not asked me to perform there since. And it's also just started happening at other places where it's just like, I haven't done stand-up in forever. Like, Kevin will once in a while say, hey, you want to do my new material night at the Laugh Factory, which is the last time I saw you. And I'm like, yeah. 
And so it's now it's very rare. I'm going to the the sketch fest in San Francisco and uh, it will be the first time I've performed in like six months. Wow. Yeah. The thing with stand up is like it's such a fucking hustle and a grind. Like I still have like I'm just like fighting for stage time just like everyone else. It is it's it's not easy. And I think too, like a lot of shows have changed. Like you said, like Largo is, isn't calling you anymore. It's like, I'm sure things are changing there. Like I just see changes happening everywhere. Like the bookers are changing everywhere. It's, there's no, nothing is stable in that world. I mean, I guess it's not in any field, but that story is so infuriating about infuriating and i was i could like not what random person was just decided to say that and then just call you and, and i could not get anyone to say who said it Ugh. um i still to this day if if it comes up in my head I'm, i get sick to my stomach and i'm like who the fuck would say that that is so or if i'm going through netflix and i see sarah special i'm like Ugh. Ugh. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Who the fuck? He doesn't do stand of anyone. What the <laughs> fuck is that? It's just so wild. Even it's, if I took six months off, it doesn't mean I'm not doing stand-up anymore. That's the thing with stand-up. It's like you're always a stand-up unless you like come out and say, like, I quit. Don't ask me. It's it's pretty wild. Wow. That said, there are times when I'm laying on the couch watching TV where I'm like, I'm pretty cool with it. <laughs> but I currently am like... I have like an hour's worth of shit. I should do something with it. And like yeah. it's just sitting there. And the longer I wait, the fucking more difficult it is to... Fuck it. This isn't the stand-up show. I know. This always happens. You said you went running out of the room when, when uh, your friend told you about the, the 2020 yeah. to get your glasses. Yeah. How bad's your eyesight? Uh, it's not too bad, but I need glasses or contacts all the time. Oh, you can wear contacts? Yeah. Can you not? No. Why? I can barely put drops in my eyes. With I'm very flinchy. What age did you try? I think around in college, I was huh. like, let me try contact. Nope. Nope. It just, that doesn't seem natural, the finger coming at your eyeball. Interesting. I know what you mean, but I'm also like, it's not that bad. I don't right. know. But there's no reason for it, I guess. I just remember I got my contacts freshman year of high school, and I remember sitting at a... Uh, like a school assembly, and I could see everything. And Without it, glasses on your face? Yeah, it was just this amazing... I, I couldn't believe how beautiful the world was <laughs> at Niles North High School. Um, but yeah, I ran in to get my glasses so I could watch that. And then I also, by the way, it wasn't even on demand, so I couldn't even watch it. <laughs> I was so and then You just I, ran out of the room to break a toe. Fuck, and to ruin my next <laughs> six weeks. Great. I just picked up, these are not them, but uh, last week I got, I finally committed to progressive lenses. What is that again? It's the top half of your glass of the lens is for seeing far away, like driving and stuff, or, oh. or like where we are right now in the studio. And the bottom half is for reading, like your phone or your computer. Uh, they're bifocals, yeah. basically, but you don't see the line. Oh, that's cool. And... Uh, I haven't been able to wear them for more than like five minutes because if I'm sitting watching TV and looking at my phone and not moving my head, everything's cool. Like just going from Mm. looking straight ahead to looking down at my phone, everything's cool. It's the second I start to move my head that everything is like 
distorting and like it, they make me nauseous. Like, do you I think literally, that that's your problem or is it common? I commented on my friend Shane just got progressive lenses a few days ago, and he commented on them on Instagram. And I immediately said, I haven't been able to wear mine for a week. They make me nauseous. And then my friend Phil saw that and wrote, maybe go back to the eye doctors. He's like, that happened to me. And uh, it turned out they had mismeasured my pupils. And so it was just slightly off. Oh. So I'm hoping that's it. I've had that happen actually with some a, a pair of Warbies. I forgot the name, but there is some measurement that was off where it was like I put them on and I felt seasick. Yep. And then once they fix that, it's normal. So that could be. That's what this is. Yeah. I also, I had a, when I first, this was like probably 10 years ago, I, I got a pair of like prescription sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, all my glasses are like this kind of style where it's like horn rimmed or like black framed. I was like, I just want something different, kind of more like more rounded, not wrap around, but kind of a, just a more rounded uh, frame. And they were like, uh, that's you're running into the risk of distortion. Like oh. if the if your prescription is now wrapping around you, I was like, that sounds weird. Just do it. And they <laughs> did it. And I put them on. It was just like. It was awful. So they warned you that that would happen and you pushed through the warning? Yeah. That is crazy. I was like, yeah, but I'm not looking out the sides (laughs) of the glasses. I'm still looking straight. And they're like, all right. Oh, my God. And I went in and I was like, you're right. The worst case of that in my – what would happen to me is I would ask for that. And then I would get it. And then it would be distorted. And you'd live with it. No. And then they'd be like, well, yeah. Didn't you know? And I'd be like, why didn't you fucking tell me? Like, that would be my version of what happened to you. No, they definitely told me. Also, when I went in for the eye exam, uh, the first thing – oh, because I went in. I had an eye exam in April. And I go in like once a year. But this was like six months. And I woke up one day and things were kind of blurry in my left eye and my left eye is my strong eye and i was like do you have a weak eye yeah my right eye is just yeah (laughs) (laughs) my left eye is my strong eye (laughs) um but like yeah like looking at you right now with just my right eye open you are a full blur really left eye it's way better um and uh i started getting a blur in my left eye like when i was reading and I, i would have to like it was almost like there was a smudge, like a fingerprint on my glasses. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling where you're like, yeah. And if you tilt your head back, you're like, okay, yeah, it's something on my glass. But it was in my eye, and so I went in for another eye exam, and they did this like 3D scan, and the woman, the doctor came in, and she's like looking at, it. she's like, this is your left eye in April. She's like, this is a fairly normal scan. She goes, this is your left eye now. She goes, you have two huge floaters. You know what floaters are? Those squiggles? That you see. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you look at the, at the sky or a blank, something blank is usually where you see it. Yes. Um, she's like, you have two huge ones. She, I thought floaters were things you see, not that were actually on your... No, they're in your eye. What? Yeah. And they don't go away. What? No. Once you have floaters, you have floaters forever. What the fuck? And usually... The way I've been, uh, it's been described to me is it's very common. It happens the older you get, but also your your brain makes the adjustment. And mm. 
it just looks past them and forgets about them. Usually the only time I see it is if like I'm flying and I look out at just the sky and I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's just like squiggles and shit. Mm -hmm. And, um, or sometimes if I'm reading, it'll be a little distracting. Um, but this was just like, not a little hair squit looking squiggle, but just like a blur. And she's like, they're right in the middle of your eye. Um, and you know, the floaters, they kind of move around. So it's not long, like, if I'm reading and it's blocking something, that it's out of the way eventually. Okay. But it's still, to this day, it's, and it has been, like, two weeks, it's driving me insane. Really? That's so awful. And there's nothing you can do? Nope. I go, what do I do about this? She's like, get used to it. You're getting old. You're almost 50. I was like, fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> I go, do you have them? She's like, yeah. She's like, your brain will eventually work around it. So maybe it will get better. It'll still be there, but mentally it will get better. Yeah. Like you you adjust to it. And she goes, you're also in the early stages of cataracts. I was like, that was almost like her saying you're going to die. It's, what is cataracts? I don't even know. I'm not 100% sure, but you know how you see like a dog or a person with a milky eye? I think oh. that's cataracts. Um I think to the listeners, you can post this in the comment section on Instagram, but um, I just heard the word cataracts and freaked out. And she's like, well, the good news is surgery fixes that. She's like, you can have eye surgery. It fixes that. And also the good news with that eye surgery is you won't need glasses anymore. They fix it and your vision. To which I was like, well, why wouldn't I just do this now and not have to wear glasses? Why not just She's like, well, it is icer it's invasive she's mm-hmm. like she's like and by the way you're pre cataract she's like this is not something you're going to have to worry about for a very long time i also wonder when you get a warning like that where you know you might get something is there stuff you can do to be preventative about it probably like she's like, like she's like you should be taking like stuff that's anti-inflammatory she's like uh you should be taking Omega-3s, like fish oil. Yes, that's good for your eyes. That's great for your eyesight. It's anti-inflammatory, too, so it'll help with the floaters and kind of also prevent getting, not prevent, but delay getting new ones. Um, she listed a bunch of other foods and stuff that are anti-inflammatory. It's so hard to stay on a vitamin regimen. It is so fucking hard. I, uh, macular degeneration is the eye thing that runs in my family, and for that, the one thing that I've stuck to with is I guess bright sun is bad for it so I have to be really strict about sunglasses yes she was like definitely get sunglasses she goes um but that's with everything okay with floaters with counters she's like just fucking wear sunglasses when you're out outside um yeah my dad had macular degeneration and would have to get injections in his eyes to make it better yeah my grandma has to get that but that you know, you know, he died when he was 86, and he didn't have wow. to start getting injections until he was like 80. So it was like, huh? And he was fine. I think he was fine once he got the injections. You know, I know it can lead to blindness. You kind of eventually go blind. Your dad lived very long. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great life. Wow. Yeah. I was just thinking about this today. Of, I was like, oh, I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 next year. And which is still young. 50 is where, like, if you die, there's still like, 
Oh, that's a, that's a little bit too young to be dying. I think even in your 60s, 70s, it's like, you know, it's still, uh, he had a good life, 70. That's 80s when it's like, yeah, that was a good run. They did all right. <laughs> 70s, it's like, oh, that's too bad. But yeah, it was 70. It's 50s and 60s, it's like, whew. Still too But that's when people kind of start dying more. Uh. I know. Oh, no. Kevin Smith had his heart attack at 46. That really inspired me to, I went and got a heart scan after that because of his heart attack. I'd been having heart palpitations, went and had a nuclear stress test where they fully scan your heart. I've had that, which is so weird, but I have. That's where, like, you're on the treadmill and... And they inject, like, uh, there's a regular stress test where they hook you up on the treadmill. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I had. What did you have? I had a nuclear stress test. Please tell me what that is. You go in in the morning. I put this off for almost a year. And then when Kevin had his heart attack, I was like, I got to get my heart checked because I'm not in the best shape. I'm almost 50. I'm older than Kevin Smith. So I made the appointment and uh, you go in in the morning. They inject a radioactive isotope into your veins. (sighs) And then you go and sit and let it run through your system. Do you feel it? No, you don't. Feel okay. It. Well, actually when they're injecting it right like in your arm it feels really cold. Mhm. But uh other than that nothing. And then you go and sit for like 20 or 30 minutes and then they take you in a room and you sit in a chair. They they put you in a chair and then for 15 minutes the chair turns just in little increments and they photograph your heart. They scan your heart. Like they take like like x-rays basically. Yeah. And that's at a resting heart rate. So then they do that. And then you go in and they hook you up to the treadmill. And then you start walking on the treadmill. And then every three minutes they incline it. And they want to get your heartbeat up to like, I want to say like 80% higher than normal. So it was like they wanted to get my heartbeat up to like 185 or something. Something like really high where I was like, wow, okay. And so once they get it to the... To the uh, to the heartbeat they wanted, the targeted heartbeat. Then you're still high. Then you're still walking, and they still have the little thing in your arm. And a guy comes in and puts another radioactive isotope into your veins, and you have to maintain that for like three minutes. Get it pumping. Were you just like? <gasps> oh yeah, I was fucking dying. And so then they take you back in and they scan your heart again while it's beating at mm-hmm. a higher rate, so they have something to compare it to. And that's apparently the most comprehensive scan they can do of your heart. And the doctor was like, your heart's fine. Wow, that's great. Which was great. Also, for older people, you don't have to do the treadmill. They they will inject uh, um, adrenaline into you. Jesus. To get your heartbeat up, <laughs> up that fast. That sounds so much scarier almost. <laughs> it sounds like so scythe. And I was, the, I was the youngest person. They do it like once a month. So it's like a bunch of people in there doing it. And so I was like sitting there and it's like just a bunch of people in their 70s. <laughs> and I was like, you're not going to run on the treadmill, are you? And they're like, no, they're going to inject me with. I was like, oh, that sounds way worse. I know. Like just chemical, whatever. When I first moved to L.A., this is, it's like I'm such a fucking hypochondriac freak. Yeah. When I first moved to LA, I went on my first ever hike. So I had never hiked. I lived, I grew up in Skokie. I went on a hike. We're Skokie. Skokie Illinois? is, a, yeah, suburb of Chicago. I go on a hike with one of my girlfriends and it is so hard. I'm like, 
I can't do this. It, this seems, and I, I go home, I'm like, I call my dad, I'm like, it just seemed, that was too hard. Something is wrong. <laughs> that I was, it was too hard, and that is why I got the stress test. And I, I was like, I have to look into this. And they're like, no, it's you're just fine. your body's working harder. Yeah, it's just I had never hiked before. I didn't know what hiking was. I was, uh, about a year, two years ago, I started dating this girl I met on a movie in Ohio, and she lived in Cincinnati, and so it was this long distance relationship and uh, a lot of flying back and forth and we started dating in like late fall so like the first time she flew out to LA was in like December when it was like freezing in Cincinnati and she we she gets here and it's like 75 degrees she's like oh my god she's like we got to go hiking and I was like hiking <laughs> and so we go to Griffith Park and hike up to the observatory from the bottom and I thought my fucking chest was going to explode. I was like, but I didn't want to say anything to her. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. I was like, I might fucking have a heart attack. We did it. And then the next day, she's like, we got to do it again. And I was like, fuck. We were doing all this hiking. And I found the more, obviously, the more we did it, the easier it got. And so she went back to Cincinnati and and I just kept doing it. I was like, I have to keep doing this because next time she comes out, she's going to want to do wow. it. I kept doing it. I started walking everywhere. I'd walk, you know, down to the 101 coffee shop. I'd walk into Hollywood. You know, I would walk to auditions. Jeez. And it got to the point where it didn't hurt anymore. I wasn't struggling for breath. I lost 30 fucking pounds. And that's when the heart palpitation started was when I lost all that weight. Why? I don't know. We still don't know. He, he was like, a lot of things could cause this. Stress could be one. And also the relationship was starting to get a little shitty. Uh-huh. And so I think I was stressing out about this is going to end. I think that's kind of what started it. What is – like I, I – when what does a heart palpitation even mean? It's some, Like I don't even know. It's so foreign to me. For some people, it's – the heart will just speed up out of nowhere. For some people, it will slow down. For some people – like for me, it feels like it skips a beat. Like it's And just, you know – you feel that. You feel it. Like it, it goes dum 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 Dum, dum, dum. And it just feels fucking weird. Ugh. And it's fucking terrifying. That's so scary because you know how important your heart is. And you're just <laughs> like, I need it. can't yeah. afford this problem. Yeah. So I've hired a trainer and we actually start on Friday. I was sick last week. I was supposed to see him last week. But I'm, I, hired the guy, I hired the guy who um, trained Hillary Swank for Million Dollar Baby. Shut up. The guy who trained Zach Levi for Shazam. I fucking hired him. Like, I'm starting on Friday. How often are you going to do it? I think, like, three times a week. That is awesome. And you also do yoga? Do yoga once a week. Okay. That seems like the sweet spot. Like, that's kind of the goal. When I think of my perfect life that I envision where I'm, like, the person who, instead (laughs) of a a hot fudge sundae, she just eats one square of dark chocolate and she's satisfied. Like, I think of that person, that version of my life, and it's like, okay... (laughs) You see a trainer three days a week, and you do yoga two days a week. That's like is... the focus of your TV show, too. <laughs> Esther has a very funny show f- called um, Together, Alone, Alone Together. Together, yeah. There's the, um, we, we did two seasons of it. They're on Hulu. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for saying that. Um, but yeah, that's the dream, is a trainer mixed with yoga. Like, you're going to be a total... I hate babe. having to pay for it. Ideally, I would want, like, you know, like Zach had or, like, Chris Pratt had, where it's, like, you book a movie, and they're, like... The studios. Can you paying. fucking imagine? Oh no, I can't. Because <laughs> this guy, he sets up a program for me and then sends me on my way. Like, and I just check in with him every few weeks. Oh, okay. I'm not seeing him every 
three times a week. But like you I'm going in. I went in like a couple of weeks ago. He did like the scan of my body to find my body weight, my body fat, my water weight, and he, and where we need to work on. And he, you know, for the next week, worked out a program, figured out a program. So I go in on Friday. He's going to show me the the weights and stuff I need to do to focus on like my chest and my arms and legs and stuff. And and then say, all right, you have a gym membership. Go work on that. Oh, the that's really thing, smart. The big thing that he gives me is the diet, which is my fucking my weak spot. Yeah, that's. Um, but I have a, another friend who saw this guy, and he was my biggest fear is like I just I'm gonna be fucking famished because I've done seen nutritionists before where for like a week it's like I'm starving. That never ever works out. Too restrictive. No. It always puts me the pendulum swings the other way, and then I'm like a Burger King. And my favorite part with this dude, he was like, "You're never gonna be hungry." That's I'm awesome. Like, All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an hour. Damn. Um, Esther, thanks so much. Thank you for I know you me. have a lot more shit you could talk about. We may have this to do was, some more. I mean, this show, I by the way, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Oh, I like thanks. am an avid listener. I love it so much. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, if people want to, I have some stand updates coming up in DC and Philly. Do you Philly. have a website? Uh, just check out my Instagram at Esther Monster for all that info. And Twitter, your little Esther? Yes. And um, check out our podcast, Glowing Up. And um, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, feel better. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>